The New York Times finally admitted they are not impartial. Duh. What's up? This is the Cage Podcast. My name is Mark Kay, and we're going to begin here in just a minute. couple things before we get to that story. Uh, before we get to that story, I walked into the studio today. Very exciting because uh, many of you who listen to the radio or watch us on TV or on uh, our live stream know that Josh has decided to abandon the show. He decided that, you know, money's more important than truly enjoying what you do for a living. I tell people all the time, I go, I know you want more money, but really what you want is you want to laugh at work. You want the ability to go into a place where you know you're going to have a good time every day. Uh, and that's that's priceless. I mean, yes, you need to eat. And if you have kids, they also need to eat. <laughs> so money's important. But again, you don't want to, uh, you know, I always say there's, I tell my kids this and they've really embraced this entire philosophy because it's true. You can always make more money. You can't make more time. Time is a limited commodity. That's why I don't like meetings because meetings are a big waste of time. Uh, you know, that's why I don't like to hang around. And we, whenever there's a meeting, I'm like, I'm not going to make it. And if somebody's scheduled, like we have a guy here that he wants to meet with me every week. And I'm like, that is so much of my life wasted. I'm not going to do that. So, uh, so you, you can always make more money, but you can't make more time. You need to make sure that the time you have, you're enjoying and it's not being wasted on something that is bringing you any kind of pain. And here at the Marquee Show and at the Catriot Podcast, we kind of create that environment. We want you to know that when you're here, it's all about fun and excitement. And yeah, we work and we put on a good show and we we inform people and we entertain and sometimes we get angry, but we're all just having a blast and we wouldn't want it any other way. But, you know, every now and then you need some cash. So Josh has made the decision, <clears throat> pardon me, to seek out greener pastures. And um, and that kind of changes the whole dynamic of the show. But it's also a good thing to or it's a good time to step back and say, hey, how do we move forward and make the show even better? What do we need to adjust? And one of the things we did, and it seems little from where you're sitting, but it's really kind of a big stinking deal is we uh, rearranged our studio so that so that Hannah, who used to sit on my right side, is now sitting on my left side. And I know people are like, why would you do that? But it all there's camera angles involved and there's field of vision and view and an openness to this. But I think it's going to be I think what we've actually done is we've created a much better scenario. And I think it's going to make for a much more um, much more exciting show experience, both online, on television, on the podcast and, of course, on the radio. And that's what we're always trying to do. We went through we we purged a lot of our segments as well, because, you know, Josh <clears throat> pardon me, wasn't just, <clears throat> I'm getting all choked up. Uh, he wasn't just a big part of the show off the air, you know, editing and, and posting, but also on the air, which was my fault. <laughs> I made him, I was really excited to talk to him. So I talked to him too much and then everyone got to know him. He became a part of the show. I won't make that mistake again. Mm. But we had to go through and we had to purge. Um, we had to purge a lot of the segments that he was in and not, and, you know, and not just get rid of them, but find new replacements. So in the coming weeks, you're going to see not just a new kind of in-studio experience. You are not just going to see a new look for, uh, you know, for Hannah and I and how we interact, but you're going to experience really all new things that have never before been uh, part of the Marquee show, but I'm really looking forward and excited to, um, to involving. So make sure that you're, by the way, make sure that I'm not just wasting my time and please feel free to watch and or listen to the Marquee show as you do this podcast Every single day. Fun fact, the locals group is going to become a huge part of what we do as well. It's already starting to grow into that, but we are going to add more content to the locals group every single day 
we're going to be doing live um, streams and, and, and exclusive videos in the locals group every single day. We're going to try to figure out a way to just bring you more of the great content that you, that you want and make it fun and exciting uh, as well. So all of that is on tap for the next few weeks. Just know that you're going to notice some changes and I want you to be aware of them as we, as we move forward this podcast too, I may rope Hannah into some of these podcasts in the future. We may sit down and do a couple of things for the Catriot podcast, um, you know, like that we've never done before. So we'll, we'll just have to see, we'll just have to see how much of a commitment she's willing to make to her craft. You know, so like for example, this, we gave her a promotion last week and this week she took off, which is not, it's not the first last time we gave her a promotion. She was off for two days cause she got sunburned. I guess she was partying this year. She's like, great. Uh, thank you for making me executive producer of the Marquee show. I'm leaving for a week. So that's kind of, that's kind of where we are. Uh, but anyway, also another fun thing, my son texted me on the way to work. He goes, daddy, when you get home, I need your help. And I go with what? He goes, I'd like to buy some cryptocurrency. And I thought that's really interesting because cryptocurrency probably, probably it's the best time to buy it right now because it's in the toilet. It's all, it's all trash. Bitcoin is just collapsed. Um, in the wake, pardon me, in the wake of the bad economy, the bad stock market and Joe Biden's inflation, the Fed raising their interest rate has just plummeted. I mean, it's called it, it's caused crypto to just be destroyed, basically. Uh, Dogecoin is down. Ethereum is down. Everything's down. And my son said, I'd like to buy some, which makes me realize he's kind of listening to the whole to the little life lessons I give him the whole buy low, sell high. So he's like, hey, look, if this stuff's really low, maybe I'll maybe I'll buy it now. Again, this is not financial advice. I'm not Clark Howard. I'm not um, I'm not who's that other guy with a beard that sells all the seminars. I forget. You know, the one I'm talking about. Um, but uh, Dave Ramsey. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. I'm not Dave Ramsey. I'm not any of those people. So you do you. I'm just saying that my son reached out to me. So we're going to go after he's got golf practice. And then after golf practice, we can, uh, we can go, we're going to go, I guess, buy some crypto. I assume he's using his money too. Like, I don't want him thinking he's using my money. You know what? I should have been clear. <laughs> I should have been clear on that. I should have been like, Hey, just FYI, you're using your money, right? Not my money, uh, to buy this, to buy this, uh, crypto. But anyway, well, like I said, we're going to get into that here in just a, I'll, I'll bring you an update on that tomorrow. First, let's talk about the New York times, the New York times. I don't know if you know this, but they have a new they have a new editor in chief, a guy named Khan. Uh, I don't know if you read read anything, but I don't know if you read the New York Times, whatever. But this is it's a it's a tumultuous time for the Times because they have a lot of people in their newsroom that are upset. Same thing is going on with the Washington Post. All the newspapers are going through kind of a a transition, if you will. They're transitioning. They used to just be hard news. Then they started to become opinion. Then they started become becoming propaganda. And now you've got these newsrooms that are at odds with each other. Half the newsrooms like, look, we got to get back to news. And the other half is like, no, we got to stick with propaganda. And so there's this internal struggle. And that's why you'll see some days in the same newspaper, if you read the whole damn thing through, some days you will see, you will see that there is a huge swing uh, from page to page, one page, you may get a hard news story, or you may get, you may get a, uh, a listing that seems factual and just like a, a retelling of, of, of the facts. And then you turn the page and you get some kind of massive editorial or op-ed that just seems to be like the most ridiculous thing. Then you turn the page and you have some kind of another in angry Donald Trump inside hit piece or hit job. And then you turn the page and all of a sudden you've got another, another thing that seems like almost just news 
it's real. And then you'll turn the page and maybe there'll be a mild, not a hit piece on Joe Biden, but maybe like a little, a little slap on the hand piece, you know, with Donald Trump, it's like two to the back of the head with Joe Biden. It's just a little, just a little smack on the wrist. And that's why you see all that because these newspapers are all over the place and their newsrooms don't have a constant idea of what they want to do. Well, this new editor, this guy named Khan, he came in and he literally admitted, he literally admitted in an interview that the New York Times, uh, that the New York Times has said they are not, wait, hold on, let me, let me make sure I get the quote here. We are not impartial, okay, this is the New York Times, paper of record for whatever. We are not impartial about democracy. We are not impartial about democracy. Now, the New York Times is supposed to be impartial about it. That's what news organizations are. But he realizes they've gone far past that. There's no way they can be impartial about democracy. Um, so they're not. They're just going to they're all in for Joe Biden. And anything that they see as a threat to democracy is uh, is going to be something that they cover in a way where they are biased. And the interesting thing is they're biased against Donald Trump because they feel He's a threat to democracy, which is weird because he was democratically elected to be president. You know, the old there was no there were no questions about voter fraud. There were no questions about electoral ballots. There wasn't an angry electorate that felt that their that felt that their their will had been overcome when Donald Trump was running for president or when Donald Trump ran. It only ever happened when Joe Biden somehow miraculously in the middle of the night garnered all these votes from all these people uh, when all these election laws had been changed by people who didn't have the authority to change them. But the New York Times wants you to know they're impartial to democracy. Again, what that means is they've been caught red-handed as being anti-Trump. They've been caught just like the, you know, the other newspapers of record and these TV stations, they've been caught being red-handed with a bias, an extreme bias toward the Democrat party and away from conservatism. And as a result, they now have to figure out a way to explain themselves. So they're saying, no, 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 we're not biased. It's not that we're not impartial. It's that we're not, we're not impartial against uh, when it comes to democracy. And they feel that Donald Trump is not a friend of democracy. So that gives them the right to be impartial. It's a flawed theory. It's one that doesn't work. And uh, it's one that's going to continue to rip the New York Times apart. But that's what we're seeing all over the place. Same thing happened in CNN. Same thing's happening with the Washington Post. All these news magazines that, that are no longer, uh, you're seeing them all falter and fail because of their, their bias. They're, they're trying to tell you their news, but they're selling you opinion. And eventually people are waking up going, wait a minute, this is not news. This is literally, this is literally your opinion. You're literally telling me what to think about politicians. That's not at all how this thing's supposed to go. Uh, something else, by the way, that this that this new editor is doing, this con guy, he's telling his reporters, get this, to stay off of Twitter. He doesn't want them on Twitter. Now, this is interesting. He claims that the uh, a lot of his editors and his writers are not taking stories because they fear the retribution that they will get on Twitter. They're not writing particular stories because they know that they'll go viral on Twitter. Somebody on Twitter will will dox them or repeatedly harass them or tell them they're idiots, that kind of thing. And they don't like that. They want to live in there because in the old days, I mean, this is when a lot of these people went into writing the newspaper. Here's what happened. They would go to work. They would write a story. They would publish it. 
they would read their own story in the paper and go, wow, that's great. And then they would start working on their next story. Every now and then they'd come around, they'd come along, they'd win some kind of bogus award, like a Pulitzer or whatever. And then they'd, they'd say, I must be a great writer. I'm going to continue to write this, these stories. Now, with the instant feedback of the internet, it's totally different. You write a story, you publish it, and within seconds, somebody online is calling you a horrible person, a terrible person, a villain. Somebody online is fact-checking you or calling you an idiot. Um, and that's something that he wants his reporters to get away from because he doesn't want them to give up on stories or ideas that will get them, uh, that will get their, their readers or their online social media supporters angry. By the way, this is not at all how journalism is supposed to work. Again, the facts make people angry. Truth makes people angry. If you're not willing to do the job, if you're not willing to anger people, then you should not be in journalism. You should go be a masseuse somewhere or sell weed, but not like, you know, not just like the cheap weed, like the good weed. You're going to anger people if you sell them like a bag of parsley for 25 bucks. They're going to come back and be like, hey, man, that ain't cool. And then you're going to have a, it's a whole other. Just trust me on this. Don't. Don't do that. So uh, anyway, the New York Times now having to publicly claim that they are not impartial when it comes to democracy and all of that, again, is just a smokescreen uh, and, and an excuse so that they can continue to lambast uh, President Donald Trump, especially as we head into the midterm elections and into the presidential election in 2024. All right. Like I said, keep listening to the Mark K show. Big changes coming up, but they're exciting and they're going to be great. And check out our locals group, Mark K dot locals.com that's mark k dot locals.com